Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. Yet again, as they say, Monday night, the best time of the the dogs are barking. People are ready. Every Monday night we say it. Welcome into the BBP. Welcome into the recap of the beautiful 63-10 to 10 victory and much, much more. Yet again, Monday night. Yet again, Bearcat talk. Yet again, it's time to bring in my two guys, sidekicks, guys that have been there since the beginning, since uh, since we were we, we young little lads. And I tell you what, I went back and I re-listened to the first episode randomly. Why? And it was actually phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Was it? Yes, it was. I can't believe that. Yes, it was. Go back and listen. I'm not even lying to you. But one thing that wasn't phenomenal about that was that we were not yet introduced to Mr. Danco Joe and Danco Transmission and Auto Care. So, Dan Joe, it's great seeing you on Saturday. But without further ado, it's time to bring in Mr. Aaron Smith, Mr. Chad Brendel, Aaron Chad Gents. How are we? I, the baby's still alive. I made it through day one as stay-at-home dad. Wow. So, uh, we, we did it. We did it. Whoa. I'm happy. Good job. I am so <laughs> proud of you. We actually we had a meeting today uh, with a, a potential – partnership that we're working on a and Aaron just, Aaron just put the baby in the bassinet right next to him and you can see him every like three seconds he was like hope you're all right hope you're all right hope you're all right he, Still breathing. He, went, he went out of the room for a second and the puppy like walked to the door and kept looking between the baby and the door like you can't <laughs> hello you can't leave the room it was pretty funny I, I lived it for for five years. I did the stay home dad thing all the way until she was in in preschool. So, I've been there with you, brother. Just happy you made it. Day one in the books. It's only day one. You got a couple thousand more to go. I mean, eleven <laughs> hours though. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. You, I, it, I, you want me to give you the best parental advice I can ever give anyone in that situation? I'm terrified. When they sleep, you sleep. That's what I hear, but. Just, Look, just if you're not gonna sleep, if you're not gonna sleep when they're asleep, you're not gonna sleep. So we had nap time every day. She used to watch uh Finding Nemo on oh. the couch every day. <laughs> and it, it would be like that. You up? Oh my god. You're asleep? All right. You'll wake me up when you get up, I hope. <laughs> you learn to sleep very light too. Aaron, I don't think yeah. you're quite at, at the movie watching stage yet, right? You can probably. I mean, I, w- no. I watch plenty of HBO Max. Netflix, yeah, you can throw on anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, not in right. a cartoon phase yet. No. This right here is Wolf of Wall Street. We'll teach you about it in a few years. <laughs> enjoy it. Perfect. Golly. Golly. Well, Chad, sounds like you're doing all right yourself. How no, are we? I'm terrible, but. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I've been. Trying to fight this cold off for days, and I'm not winning. Well, we're getting flu game Chad tonight, guys. I'm excited. You're you're, you're getting probably like this Chad most of the night. Flu tonight. game <laughs> Chad tonight. <laughs> not that that's any Chad. different than normal. Get the record books out. But hey, you know what? Every Monday throughout the season this year, we get the the pride of Hillier Davidson High School. The uh, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, the the guy who's who. Hopped on the Bearcats and rode them all the way to the college football playoffs. That's right. On his back, Ryan Royer. Mr. Royer, <laughs> welcome back. How are we? 
Doing great. I don't know about carrying the Bearcats, but I appreciate that one. Yeah, well, we like to pump each other up on this. There we uh, go. We need it. We need it nowadays. I think we definitely do. With with the cutoff hoodie as well, it's a good look. Good good shout out there to you. But uh, aside from that, it is time there to, to there we go. Time to wrap uh, Danco transmission uh, yet again. Uh, Aaron and I were able to swing by Danco Joe's uh, tailgate. It was it was in a good location there on the grid. And I tell you what, Aaron, his he's got a he's got a doppelganger on on our on his hands right there. Yeah, his, his brother looks just like him, and you can definitely find his tent as it's the only one that is just completely Danco Joed out. I mean, you just see Danco transmissions all over his tent. It's fantastic. Swing by there, give him a shout out. Head in. Danco transmission. Get yourself a little, a uh, little bit off a big oil change, a big, uh, big. You, you know, I, I was looking at my cars here, and like a rat, rat, rattle. You know, when I was uh, driving around past couple days, I looked down underneath my car. I got something hanging from it. I have to go swing by Danco Joe, Danco transmission this this weekend before the uh, Miami game. See what's going on if if that's at all possible. But until then, we got to rehash what was a win, win number one. Of many to come this season, it was a 63-10 to 10 victory over Kennesaw State. The Owls, Chad, who? The Owls, who? that's right, that's right, who? the Owls. Uh, you know what, first off, I got to I gotta ask, <laughs> Aaron, when it's, when it's FCS week, what is the, is, is the approach as if you guys are playing you know, Houston in the AAC championship game or, or what kind of is the vibe around the team? Is it the same, same thing? We're going to pump up this FCS opponent as much as possible and, and make sure the boys are ready. Because if I remember last season, this was something I mentioned. It was seven, seven against the Murray state racers and uh, heading into halftime of that game. And feelings were, were interesting. The second half obviously was a demolition, but uh, what, what is game week like? Leading up to a team that you obviously have are, are more talented than top to bottom. Was that you Samir or Ryan? Yeah. Oh, did I say it Aaron? I meant you Ryan. Did, you, you said, said Aaron. Aaron. Then, oh, well, Aaron. Well, then what is Aaron's it? Like, Aaron's like, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Let's hear it. Come on, Aaron. I met Ryan. I met Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I've been I've been in locker room this <laughs> many times. There we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, we I mean, we we like to treat our opponents the same every week. You know. Even though they're not an FBS school, we still prepare the same. We treat them the same. I mean, they're the Division One college football players, so they're all good. They got good coaches. Every team's going to have a good scheme. So we're not looking down on anyone. We're just looking to play our game, and that's exactly what we did, especially with the triple option. That's another added bonus into the, the mix there, even make it a little more adversity. So, yeah, we treat everyone the same. And I thought the Bearcats came right play like they were playing any other AAC opponent. They put a little beat down on the Owls, so I was happy to see that. You were on the sidelines, was- though. I saw you there. And and what was the vibe like on the sidelines with the players? Like, do you feel like they were pretty loose? I don't know what, at what point you got down there, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they seemed pretty loose. So I got there uh, right around – right before they they ran out onto the field uh, the, the okay. final time. So I didn't get to catch much of warm-ups, got a little caught up in a little tailgate. So <laughs> I didn't make it over to Danco's. We were going to make it over there. Oh, wait, we got to go get the tickets and, you know. 
had a couple beers. You're not thinking too well about time, man. Gotta but the team, the team seemed loose. They they were ready to play, and throughout the game, like I, I'd be a couple feet away. You can hear guys talking, cool, calm, collected. Love what I saw. Vibes on the sideline were great as always. So, not surprised by that. Well, speaking of tickets, because uh, because obviously I don't know if you want the the ticket route of of having it on your phone through the app or whatever it was that that crashed um, before the game because us three were already in there. Were were the lines crazy? Was 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 it pretty hectic trying to get in to the stadium or or did they kind of handle the adversity through all phases of the program on Saturday? I, there were some long lines, but I got to be honest with you. I saw I saw a gap in the fence. Just walked right in. I don't know if it was an entrance, but <laughs> avoided a line there. So don't tell anyone that. One. A little sneaky into there, but just so I could avoid the lines. But let's see. Went to the. Uh, there wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad because I got my tickets from one of the guys on the team. So okay. I mean, the lines weren't bad there. You know, I kind of you get that little special treatment when you go the player ticket route. So I didn't have the common man, the common man uh, way of going about it. Just thought it was once you were Mr. Bearcat, you could just kind of do what you please. Oh yeah. They normally carry you in on a, in a chariot, <laughs> right? Right to midfield. Right. <laughs> yeah, like a prize fighter. I completely agree. But you know, it's so uh, another thing was, was obviously the, the team seemed warmed up, seemed ready to rock, ready to roll. But the, uh, Opening kickoff, and and I know Chad and Aaron already spoke on this. There was there were some rumblings on this here podcast that uh, there's gonna be a bit of a change to the to the pump it up music that was gonna be the opening kickoff song and the well, the kickoff song, if you will. Uh, and then all of a sudden, to uh, to somewhat of a surprise, and then to much of the joy of the fans, yet again it was pump it up. Um, tell tell me what pump it up means to you. And and just kind of the team as, as as a whole is it something that they really rally around or is it just anything with a good beat that's loud will we'll get you guys all ready? Well, yeah, anything with a good beat will get us going. Uh, we listen to a lot of thanks to good old Brady Collin. Um, I I love I love Pump It Up. I think it's great. Obviously, it resonates super well with the fan base, and it's kind of like. It's like our little, it's UC's thing, you know, we, it's our claim to fame. And I mean, I'd always hold a special place in my heart being around uh, Kyle Bolden when he like brought it out and like kind of brought it to the team. So I, I love it. I mean, I can understand why they might want to go, Hey, let's have a new, new, new year, new team. Let's get a new song going. But I almost feel like they should kind of keep it around for a little bit longer. Cause I think it's kind of grown into something more than just like a, a team like how it would started like in the weight room with our team. It kind of grew into like a community thing. I think a lot of people um, in Bearcat Nation love it. So my advice is stick to pump it up, keep it going for kickoff. I think it's great. I think it's going to be something that people can really rally around and get excited for. So in all ages too. I mean, not just the students. Everyone loves right. it. So I think they should. What you think it of the fourth quarter song? I was mad about that. I was mad about that. I'm not going to lie. Really? <laughs> I love Shout. I thought that was the cool. Oh. Like, that is some of the coolest moments. When You guys might hate it, but I loved it. I thought the fans. You didn't like Travis Kelsey starting out? You got to fight I, for your right? Oh, yeah. That's sick. It's sick. But I don't really. 
you know, Shout's way more like interactive. You feel like it's got the little, the cool little dance everyone likes to do, especially like when you've got a big team, a big opponent, and you're up. Like we were very blessed to have the opportunity. I mean, everyone really gets into it and stuff. I don't know if you can really get into that uh, fight for the right to party as much, but I mean, I love Tra- I, Travis. Obviously, I love Travis, and that's I it's sick like that he did that. It's a good connection. But I'm Team Shout. Sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> I just love the way they presented it as they started out with playing Shout, and then they yeah. did like the. Um, like the Technicolor, like the trumpets, Timmy they, trumpets. Yeah, yeah, they brought out Timmy trumpets for a second, and then they they switched to to Travis there, and I thought it was thank God was they didn't do the trumpets. The the Mets ruined Agreed. that pretty quickly. That was something so cool. Leave it to the Mets, man. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it is so cool, but but, but no, I, I actually agree though. The shout is interactive, but. Once you know it's game three, you know the the, the crowd is and is is an extension of the team, if you will. So you know maybe game one a little rusty. You know by the time the uh, the the fourth quarter rolled around, the the, the fans might have been you know you know the one bees, if you will, at, at least you know yeah. drunk wise and and you know having the engagement wise. But like you said, when when it's a fired up game, you know heading into the fourth quarter, people are going to sing that that as loud as possibly can be and possibly louder than some beastie boy concerts which is what i was saying so i think it's got potential now, i think the ability to sing back will be big if, if we're gonna okay. do a kelsey brothers song though there was nothing better than jason after the super bowl doing the we're the eagles the fucking eagles no one likes <laughs> us we don't care <laughs> i forgot you never, that one like I wonder how that would down the street, <laughs> chugging beers and singing songs for the fans in the parade route. He didn't ride the, the, the float. Yeah. He walked the entire parade route, probably drank 30 beers. Oh, yeah. He was just making up songs on the fly as he was walking down the street. Hey, he's the best. That's a fellow Sigma Sigma brother right there. They, we like to drink our beer. So shout out to <laughs> shout out to all that beer drinking. I know a couple things about that from the Sigma guys. <laughs> yeah. Tell so did, you're, you're not getting much of my face tonight. I feel like shit, man. Come on. <laughs> did you make it around the stadium to see the uh, the new like wall decals that they had to honor um, Dez and Sauce and Kobe and some of the other teams that came? Um, 2017 UCF. <laughs> that one wasn't up there. Oh. <laughs> They're I making think they it. Should put it. I think they should put it up there. Just to I say think, thank you. I think Defino's on that as well as getting the uh, where the Bearcats see up and Bearcats song in there as well. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's coming. But yeah. But, but did you get a chance to see that, Ryan? I did not. I, I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a great okay. idea. I think promoting that is great. I think it's some, you know, for recruiting and to kind of just be something to be really proud of. I think sure. it's awesome. I got to see. I like that new tunnel how they enclosed it. I think that was. I think it's cool. It makes it kind of makes it cooler for the players. I got to go in the new locker room. That that place is awesome. Mm-hmm. Got to pay pay a little visit in there. Check that out. I mean, man. I mean, I saw pictures of it. They, it doesn't do it justice. That like the walkout from the locker room to the new tunnel is just. Uh, it's so cool. I mean, I wish I. I'm, I'm sure it's even better. You know, and it's ready to run out there. 
because even our old locker room, they made it look cool, and that that place was a piece of shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we loved it though. But yeah, having the the hype room right there, right before you bust out to go down to the field. Oh yeah, that just tight, closed quarters. Just you know, the boys just getting after it, screaming, hollering, jumping around. Former walk on yeah. Zach Tobler says pictures definitely don't do it justice as he was one of the uh, engine the construction the project manager, right. just the project manager. Okay. Just, just, Tobes, just you did a great uh, job. Great job. It's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, well, well, before we move on, talk about the old locker room real quick. What's your, uh, your, your favorite memory that you can at least oh my goodness. talk on here from the old locker room. And then we'll put that one to bed <laughs> and, and move on to the game. <laughs> I think I should just keep it to the post-game celebrations because, I mean, we could go down a deep R-rated rabbit hole when it comes to post-practice, you know. I don't know if we want to go down that one. <laughs> we can do that all involves day. involves little pieces of clothing. May, have be, may or may not be me, but, okay. you know. <laughs> um, my favorite was we got into this habit of just – we just get water bottles and just like smash them together. Just throw, throw water all like all over each other, all over the whole locker room. And if you remember, there's not like a true ceiling. It was like, it was like a graded ceiling and like the water would just splash up into the, the lights and the circuitry. And we would like, like fuses would be getting blown and like sparks would be flying like in the middle of, coach fix uh like post game speeches and like sparks would be flying down on us and like all the time he's like like sparks just rainy down on a bunch of guys and he's like it doesn't fucking matter we're getting a new fucking locker room but this is like three <laughs> this is three years ago three years ago and like we're like all right yeah and then a year goes by another year goes by no locker room, <laughs> but it was probably, yeah, I just love the sparks flying down and breaking tables, Joey Graber, all that stuff. I mean, I could go on forever about it, but that was one of the, hey, that was here's a, a funny one. one for you, Ryan. Um, I talked to Dio last week after practice. O'Quinn. Oh yeah. And you know, since fatherhood, like he's, he's calm and collected and mellow and mature and rational now. Um, and and our new director of social media, uh, Reagan Yoakum, was like, I, I love that interview. Like, that is such a level-headed, reasonable, mature guy. And I was like, yeah, you should have seen him before the kid when in the postgame, he was the <laughs> one losing right. his mind more than anybody. Oh, my God. Oh, I, you know, I got to see the full, like, progression of Dylan O'Quinn, you know. Dil freshman year Dylan O'Quinn – that like had to gain a bunch of weight to play. Oh, we used to go him and Woody. They would just eat so much damn food, and we would just this drink so much beer. <laughs> just, just like, I mean, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he just you the way he was, and like seeing him go, like to knowing he have a kid. Like, oh, I got to get my act together. You know, I, I got to raise, I got to raise this child. I can't be this big of a jackass and making that big of a scene for them. So. I think he's great now. I mean, I love I loved him when he was crazy too. So happy for him. Uh, we used to have <laughs> we used to have people all the time that like, especially as freshman year, like redshirt freshman year, they would post the post game locker room celebration, and he was always 
the craziest person. And they're oh, like, yeah. who is that guy? Well, <laughs> he loves well, second craziest. No, I think I think O'Quinn had Royer beat in some of those locker room celebrations. Yeah, O'Quinn is crazy because he just add, he adds another level to it because he's just so damn big. Big, yeah. and he could just do right. a lot more. Yeah, he could do a lot more things than me. And he just he just stands out like a sore thumb when you see a, a big guy like that doing crazy shit. So, and now you interview him, and he's very polite and you know very very calm and measured and even keel. Like what happened to yeah. you, O'Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's he the well, old guy back, right? <laughs> I think he'll show glimpses, though he has to. I mean, oh, yeah. I've got a lot of got a lot of friends that are dads. I mean, I mean, heck, Aaron Aaron was freshly a dad, and he was he was getting a little crazy the one time I I saw him here in Indianapolis. So it'll uh, it all evens out, right? Aaron? I, I don't know what you're talking. About. Just one time, just just the one time I saw. <laughs> hey, him you can't take can't take it out of you, man. No, it's, it's always you. there. <laughs> It's always there, <laughs> but anyway, let's let, let's get back to the game though, uh, real fast. That you know, obviously, you want to continue the momentum from the, the second half of the Arkansas game offensively, where things are starting to click. Uh, a, a sack on the first play of the offense it was kind of a little bit of a game stopper, if you will, at the time. But Luke talked about the ability to then pick up two big gainers to kind of just get enough yardage, enough space to then set up a career-long punt by Mason Fletcher. Um, and, and I want to talk about Mason a little bit because, obviously, it's just a he's, – he's just got a weird weird side to him where it's that, it's that rugby kick, that Australian football-type kick. But, man, he took a – he got one that hit, didn't bounce out of bounds, but hit and rolled all the way. And how big is, is the special teams aspect? Because you look at a, a couple of drives – you know, the next drive, it's yet again – a blocked field goal that stops their first try to get some points as well. Just how important special teams that that, that three phases of the game. You got to think that two big plays like that are something that Luke Fickle loves to see. Yeah, we treat punt as the most important. Like Coach Fickle, he you know he's a, a tr- an ex Trestle guy, and I don't know if you guys used to remember Jim Trestle. He like would he would probably punt over scoring a touchdown back in the day. So I think Coach Fix got a little bit of that drilled into his head. But Coach Fix always says punt's the most important play in football. And it is because, I mean, if you get a bad punt or if you get a punt blocked, like that is huge momentum. I mean, like if you look at the statistics of like punt block, like you, what is it like? It, it's a crazy percentage. You, you end up losing the game. But, yeah, and don't sleep on Fletch. He can traditional boot that, that ball. Like not just – I mean, he could sit back there and just sky – hell of a hang time just super good distance but i mean rugby works well with our scheme and so he does it obviously he's natural at it and but yeah that was a great punt and obviously then you know the block field goal it's huge i mean we've been doing that so much lately last year we did that a bunch and it's just got we just guys reiterating like don't take a playoff and i love that love seeing that because that's our starting defense you know sometimes you say oh we like you might not see like uh, you might not expect your guys to be like going like that crazy balls to the wall, but they take pride in like wanting to block it and wanting to make a play and wanting to give effort every snap. And I think that's just a great example of where like the culture of this team, we don't take a snap off and, you know, that plays like that effort like that, that's really going to, you know, come back and help us out in big time moments. 
Well, it's not even a guy coming like off the bench just playing special teams. It was Deshaun Pace with the yeah. field goal block. So I mean, that's that's a guy who who's a starter. He very well could be taking a, a playoff, but because of the culture oh, yeah. that Luke has built, it's not the case. Oh yeah, because if he did take that playoff, he's going to get his ass ripped. <laughs> he won't. He will. He will. But yeah, special teams is so big, and guys like they like. I mean, you got guys like me who would literally kill just for like 10 snaps a game on, on units. And then you got your, you got, got your starters that like telling coach Vic, put me on all three and coach Vic and the staff's like, no, you, you, you can only be on this one and this one. So special teams is a huge deal in our program because it means so much to football. And I don't just say that because that was my only role in the team. Don't, that's no bias there, you know, but <laughs> no, I, I, I can back that up. Like I heard Jerome Ford used to battle with the staff that like, you can't don't take me off teams. Oh, like I yeah. that's like Ahmad, that's Ahmad and I, Kobe, yeah. They're like, put me on kickoff and like I <laughs> paid off. He was making a lot of plays on uh Sunday for, for the Brownies. I think he made two plays on special teams. I know he had a big uh hit on kickoff. Um, yeah. yeah, it just shows it matters. From what I heard, like his base his belief was like, look, like I've made my way, like I've earned everybody's trust here. Because I went out on teams and and proved, you know, I could do it, and I don't I don't want that taken away. Like I want to keep going out there and, and doing everything I can as as many ways as possible. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think which uh, a guy coming from Alabama, like there there was another guy that came from Alabama that that had the exact opposite mentality a couple of years ago, right? Like, yep, I'm here. Yep. I'm from Alabama. I deserve to be starting over James Wiggins and Derek Forrest. Yeah, hey, there's, can we, can if you we look calm at, down for a minute? <laughs> he, was, he was a really good, he was a good player, but you know, he was a good player. Obviously but there was, yeah, there was, was a belief from day one. Like I'm better than everybody here. And it was like, I don't think you realize who's here. Yep. And, and you see what Jerome happened with came in and, and you see what happened with him. Yeah. yeah Two different came in and owned it. different paths. Owned, owned his spot on special team, earned the respect of the program, and you know now he's killing it for the Browns. Yeah, what? Yeah, I he had that. a twenty-nine yard kickoff return. Mm-hmm. Also, like you guys mm-hmm. said, at a tackle as well. So yeah, I mean, making his presence known. I think Wiley as well as a guy who's who's mentioned he loves special teams. Obviously, likes yeah. to get you know hands on some some block butts. I think you guys led yes. the uh, nation in block kicks last year, or at least that's what they said on the telecast whenever you watch the game. Uh, then we today, had the so. god, the god Ethan Tucky back in the day, the pump. Oh block, man, pump block god! Got to shout the boy out there. Yeah, I, I call <laughs> the him the best of the Dikembe Mutombo of the Bearcats. <laughs> you go like this every time he blocked it. Oh, he was so, <laughs> he was so funny. I love that guy. Nah, he was good. He was good. But uh, you know, obviously, special teams aside, the offense was able to get a little spark. Um, that's when Ben kind of we'll kind of wrap up Ben's full day in a. In a nutshell, because he was extremely efficient on the night, on the afternoon, pardon me. Uh, only, I believe, what was it, three incompletions. All three came in the mm-hmm. first half, 17 to 20, 201, three touchdowns. Uh, really sp- spread the ball around. He's got, you know, obviously the two two tight ends and, and Wiley and Lenny that are really just going to be dominant the whole rest of the year. And then, of course, uh, Tyler Scott. You know, l- last year, the, last week you mentioned Tyler Scott being a freak. Uh, you look out on the field in the NFL and you see so many different players 
that are kind of like Tyler Scott's build at the wide receiver position that are just fast and can catch the ball, can get open. I mean, you got to think the way that Tyler Scott's putting everything together, he's got a shot to just continue his upward trajectory because when when you get the ball to him, he's not going to be tackled by the first guy. It'll probably take the third or the fourth guy to get to him, and by then he might be in the end zone already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you've seen a lot like last year. Like when if you get him the ball in space, he's going to make guys miss. And I think a lot of people talk about his straight line speed, his getaway speed on a deep ball. But I mean, I I can remember multiple times us getting him on like a little deep out, and if he can get past that, he could break that first tackle off the corner. I mean, he's going to make that safety miss, and he's going to get in the end zone. You saw. He, absolutely destroyed that poor guy's ankles on that out route for the touchdown and just yeah. finds his way right into the end zone. I mean, I think he gets slept on with that, uh, the uh, cutting, his cutting ability, his his field vision when he has the ball. And, I mean, that's only going to make his stock keep rising. And I think, you know, we got to keep finding ways to get him the ball in open space. I think we've used uh, Trey Tucker a lot for that, you know, on those like, uh, like jet motion, jet sweep plays. And, like, because Trey's just such a big player. Maker, but you know, I, I would love to see them get Tyler involved with that too. I mean, he's showing he could break those tackles, make those plays. Yeah, I've been kind of surprised thus far through the season how little I feel like they've used Trey to this point. Uh, maybe, maybe more so last week than this week because um, you really didn't even need to this week. Um, but mm-hmm. just, just a little surprised by that, I guess. I agree, and I never, you know. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, schemes, matchups, what the defense running and how Trey can fit into that, what his strengths are. And I, I you know, I, was, I never played offense, so I never knew who they were scheming up, who they were trying to get after sure. uh, on the opponents. Um, but I mean, obviously there's, there's a reason to everything they do, you know, they're not gonna, they're not going to be doing anything stupid, especially with the staff we got going. So I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure everything. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason. I'm not going to speak on something I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised they start getting the ball more uh, here in the coming weeks too. Uh, the The running backs are kind of spread out. We're, we'll kind of touch on this before we move on to the to the backup uh, or one Bs, if you will, on offense. They did a good job, but uh, you know, seven carries for 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 Corey Kiner, ten team leading for uh, Chuck, and then of course five carries for Miles Montgomery. One of those ended in a fumble. Another one ended in a 76-yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, kind of just, just mention, what, if, if you are looking at it, are, do you like the ability to kind of spread the ball around amongst the, the backfield as well? If, if Miles is able to continue to develop and, and really pick up his, his game and, and be a force as, as the third running back? Or, or do you think that as the year wears on, you might want to find that, that kind of bell cow, as, as Luke and, and Gino have mentioned you know, during the preseason? Yeah, there, there's there's an argument for both sides, you know. We got right now, I mean, especially this this game, it's like, all right, we probably don't need to we – are, we are moving the ball. Like, let, we don't need to run anyone into the ground this game. Let's spread the love. Um, especially – I mean, when you got guys who can all can – who can all get it done and all make plays, it's like you can ride the hot hand. You can ride the hot hand. Who's playing well? Who's making the most plays? Uh, you can kind of scheme up an offense around that too. But – I, I do agree. I think you do need you need a, a twenty touch guy, a solidified touch guy, like like we had with Jerome and Michael Warren. Um, I think we have that ability too. I think between Ryan Montgomery, um, 
and uh, Corey Kiner because, you know, I, you know, Chuck with his injuries and being a little undersized, I don't know about between the tackles, getting him the ball 20, 25 times a game, how realistic that could be. But I think between uh, you, you split up 30, 35 carries between Ryan and Corey Kiner and between the tackles, you know, maybe 20, 20 for one, 15 for the other, 20 and 10. And I think you could really start to solidify moving forward. Like, all right, we have a good, like two headed back between the tackle system. Let's throw Chuck, get Chuck in there, maybe get him involved in the passing game, a little swing wheel routes. He's really, really fast, really good at that stuff. But I do agree. I think they need to kind of like narrow it down a little more as the season goes on. Cause I think that'll like help solidify a good two system, two back system and make, have those two backs playing and, and the best rhythm they can be in. How awesome has it been to see Chuck kind of have his his resurgence, though? Because I mean, you, you saw it as much as I did. That it felt so bad to see him, yeah. you know, work all the way back, and then as soon as he worked all the way back, he tore the other one. A lot of guys would have quit, man. A lot of guys would have walked away and said, you know what, maybe this just just isn't for me. But he kept fighting, and to see him having this type of success is really cool. I asked him after the game. I said, did you go back to Georgia and, like, walk through a fountain of youth? Or <laughs> what'd you do? Because you look fucking good, man. Yeah, I love it. I'm so happy for him. I loved competing against him when he was healthy because he was such a great player, played so hard, played the game the right way. And, you know, obviously my heart broke for him when he got hurt then broke even harder when he got hurt right when he got back. But it just shows just, like, how uh, – how much work and effort and how great he did in rehab. I mean, it's just a great example of the type of person, type of player he is. Uh, it also just shows like how much of a freak athlete he is too. And just how yeah. much, like how much he was really getting held back, but he was still able to go out there and compete at, you know, some of the highest levels in football. And that wasn't even, you know, that wasn't even him a hundred percent. And it's so good to see him back here, um, back here actually fully healthy. You know, and I think he's going to make some big plays for us this year. I'm super excited for him. It, it takes me back to that first, what was it, 18 or was it 19? It was 19. When him and Wig both tore their ACLs like two days apart, three days apart. And we got, remember, like we would get to like November and those two were doing sprints <laughs> up and down the sidelines like three months after tearing an ACL. Now they weren't doing a lot of lateral stuff, but like you, you're like, these dudes are freaks, man. Like th there's nothing about them. That's normal because three months after an ACL, I might not be out of bed yet. Yeah. Yeah. We, we really did. We, uh, it's not, it's, it's the freakiness, but also the training staff. I mean, Aaron, yeah. Michelle, all of them, they do a great job. I mean, they just are literally, like, they'll have us. We just, Oh yeah. Jameson, yeah. He's in there. He's doing a lot of work too. Support <laughs> therapy dog. Um, no, they do a great job. I'm talking like all day long. Like those guys will get in there at six and they won't be they won't be leaving until two hours after practice is over. And that shows how you know great of a staff we have. And I mean, I remember Perry Young, like this is this is how great they are. Like Perry Young tore his Achilles on his way to to uh try to try out for an NFL team, and yeah. they take him in, help him out. I mean, they got him like running eight months after an Achilles tear, and he's not I mean yeah. he's not even he wasn't even like a, currently on roster. But you know, obviously, they'll do anything for you know anyone who's been a part of this program. And 
So hats off to them. Hopefully we don't have to use that this year, knock on wood. But we got in the back pocket, so it's good to know. Now, Brett brought up the Miles uh, fumble, followed up by the Miles 76-yard break. And he also had two carries on the drive before that were, I think, went for like 23, 25 yards total. Yeah. I, I, I just want to bring up the fact that after the fumble, the staff, especially with the running back depth that they have, I feel like the staff very easily could have been like, let's put the ball in anybody else's hands. But instead, they gave him another chance to go back out and prove himself. Is that something that you feel like you saw a lot of with this staff as far as giving those extra second chances as opposed to <laughs> moving on from a guy? In game? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you earn the respect, you earn the trust of your coaches. Uh, what they really made a, an emphasis on is like, we're not going to yank you for making a mistake. But if we if you make a mistake and you have a terrible attitude about it and you are – you know, you're not giving good effort after that. Yeah, your your ass is out immediately, but you're not going to get that from a guy like Miles. So those coaches would never have to be in a in a spot to do that. And I think it's good as a player that you you have that confidence, that belief from your coaches that you know if I make a mistake, that you know they're still going to have my back and still going to let me go out there and show I can make up for it. Um, so I love that. I think it's a great example, and not surprised Miles teed one off right after that so right. that's just the that, that's the kind of that's the kind of kid he is so i just love that resolve that that bounce back great blocking up the middle obviously and sprung him you saw that speed that he has oh um, yeah really, the boy really cj excited. yeah cj yeah, your boy God, I, I love that <laughs> God damn. but uh, so you know as chad mentioned it was a gain of 11 and a gain of 18 by uh by miles montgomery uh during the drive in which Evan Prater came in. It was a second drive, and the first drive he led the team down the field, was capped off with a Corey Kiner touchdown. And then that second drive, you, you kind of saw the the different ability that Evan brings to the team that that Ben doesn't quite have, and I think Ben would agree that he doesn't. Uh, and that's that's the ability to first hit, you know, a really good pass to uh, to uh, Scott Chris Scott on the outside, and then was able to to kind of have that bread and butter play that Desmond Ritter loved where he would roll out and have an option to throw it to a tight end or look a little bit further or just tuck it and run himself. And Evan busted it up for a, a 44 yard touchdown run, had a couple of huge pancake blocks by Shamal Mateo and blue Smith right there in front of him. But kind of just mentioned the, the electricity that you saw out of Evan Prater when he came onto the field and kind of, kind of where you see his role, because I think a lot of people love, Seeing Evan Prater, the fan base was was excited, and it's going to be a, an ongoing story throughout the entire season. Ben had an extremely efficient day, was about as good as you could possibly be, you know, for only three incompletions. And then Evan comes in, he does bring a different different added dimension to the offense when he's on the field. Yeah, uh, obviously he has that ability to move like Des did, um, and you love it. It's some good. It, it, it's good that you have a guy who's who's not sour, who is a good teammate, a great teammate, I should say. And when he gets his opportunity, who loves football, gets to go out there and play the game. And he's going out there to play as hard as he can and make the most of his opportunities. That's exactly what he did. So I was super happy for him. Um, obviously, Evan's a great player, a great guy, a great friend. So that's another added bonus, getting to see him going. No, I was a little questionable on that little celebration he did. It kind of looked like he didn't really know it with his hands a little bit, a little Ricky Bobby action coming through the, coming <laughs> through the end zone. Hands. 
<laughs> he was kind of like, oh, I'll just stick him out. But I, I mean, I loved it. It just, it's raw emotion. It's good. Um, but it just shows that, you know, like, I'm, what are you saying? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. No, it just shows, that, you know, Evan's been handling this situation well. You know, he's waiting for his opportunity. He's waiting for his turn. And when he goes in, he, you know, when guys succeed in those kind of circumstances, it knows, it shows you, you know, they've, they're in a good headspace. They've been having a good mentality. They've been a great teammate because, you know, I believe great things come to great people. And so I think that that happened with them. So, I mean, I'm happy. Well, let's for be honest. Him. Let's be honest. He's sour. It's human nature to be sour that you didn't win the job. But the people that oh, rise yeah. above it, the people that rise above it are the ones that can compartmentalize. Or, you know, I, I've got a great picture of him and – and Ben on the sidelines right after that touchdown. And Ev's got the football in his hands, tossing back and forth. And Ben's right there and they're talking and cutting it up and having a good time. Like it's okay to be a little pissed off that you didn't win the job, but you use that to propel you and fuel you. Like I, you know, I, I just, let, let, let's call it what it, what it is. Nobody's happy that, that they didn't win the job. Yeah. Yep. You're hundred percent right. I think that's really well said. Uh, any competitor, anyone that's going to make it on this team, you know, they're going to want to. They're going to want to be in every single snap. They're going to want to be the starter. They want to make every single play because we don't want anyone else out there. And obviously, Evan has that mentality. But like you said, being able to take that that like selfishness, be able to channel it, and then turn it into being a good teammate, but still being motivated at the same time in your own in your own uh, headspace is good, and it just shows the how good of a teammate he is. Now I've got another important question for you. Mm -hmm. Describe to me trying to tackle Shamama Tear. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had to try to tackle him. I have tried to block defeat him and like reroute him. And it is not easy. And it, I mean, he can, he can move, man. He's got some great feet and I mean, so I, sometimes, you know, he's just so big and like, you think that, he wouldn't be able to move and have such great routes. But I mean, that's, I think that's one of the best part of his games, his ability to move and make guys miss, get open. Um, but I've never had or to tackle him. you and slam you into the ground. <laughs> I want, I never had to tackle him, but I was pretty confident. I would have took him, took him right to town. Sean Hunt's done, you know, the show style. So you could <laughs> yeah, tell him I said that. Here for. Yeah. You could tell him if he wants, if he wants to do a little one-on-one, -on -one, just tell him to get the pads out and we'll okay. really find out. <laughs> now, Call, call me crazy if you want, and I'll turn the camera on for this. Josh and Lenny are crazy, crazy talented. They are oh, yeah. going to play in the NFL and make a lot of money. Shaman yes. can be better. That's up to him whether uh, he is or not, but Shaman can be better. I think Shaman's like a, 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 a little blend of Lenny and Josh. He's got the, the quickness route running. Quickness route running that Wiley has a little bit more than Lenny, but he has Lenny's build more thick, like thicker. And, you know, some could say that he might be a little bit better with his hand down than Josh. I don't know. You know, I don't know 100%, but, you know, Josh from a, gotten a lot idea. better there. No, yeah, that Josh has. When he was young for sure, but he's oh, yeah, a lot I, there. You can ask Josh. I used to just take advantage of him all the time in practice. He was a with his little skinny ass back in the day. We had to show him how it's done. 
I'm sure he was mad that my 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 little short ass was taking it to him too. But no, Josh is obviously just got like Josh is bulked up and you know, but he hasn't lost that speed. I just I love I love uh with Josh up the seam. I think it's a obviously that first touchdown, great ball by Ben, great route. But it's just Josh's quickness, just being able to stick his foot in the ground and just get open really quickly. But yeah, Shaman. You know, Shaman might not ever be as tall as Wiley and as fast as Wiley, but he might be – he's going to be – he might be a little bit a better route runner than Lenny. So I think he's like that perfect middle ground. And, you know, when you got all that talent and you are you got those similarities of two different NFL caliber tight ends, you know, the sky's the limit. And we're going to see that here the next couple of years. excited. Were you surprised at all by just the emotion that you can see on Lenny's face here? Yeah, he's got the potential to be better. Sure. I mean, just looking at, at how how <laughs> oh, happy he is for not at all. right here. Dude, on Lenny, Lenny. Well, Lenny's one of the best when it comes to that. Like, he's gonna find he, he's if you when it comes to football, he's boys with everyone. And if you if you're making a play, he's gonna be one of the first there, first guys there. So I love that. Not surprised at all, though. And another thing, obviously, just just wrapping up the quarterback talk is the fact that, you know, <clears throat> the way that Evan played and the way that, you know, the, the recognition he got for playing is, you know, as, as Tony Hill mentioned in the comments, Luke mentioned also that he liked having the ability to send the, the one B's out there and actually running plays and, and having having a script for them to kind of get out there and show what they can do rather than just, you know, handing the ball off as many times until it's time to punt or kick a field goal or you get into the end zone. So, um, that showed a lot as well the offense of what they're able to do, but also in the fact, in, in a way, you know, Ben will be able to watch that and, and say, "Wow, you know, Evans right there. Evans a spectacular player. I got to continue to set my game up." The same as what Lenny and Josh are probably in the back of their mind, they're not going to get jumped by Shimon at all, but you know, they're going to say, "Okay, Shimon is next up," and Shimon's going to say, "Yeah, if I want to continue to see the field, I got to step my level up to their play." So I, I think just the ability to see all the backups is, is. A, a way for them to continue to get better throughout the season, which is just awesome. Uh, hopefully see a lot of the same coming up yeah. this, this Saturday as well. Um, well, it's but, hard not to be excited. Mm-hmm. It's hard yeah. not to be excited when Evan Prater and Shaman Mateer and Corey Kiner Corey and Miles Kiner, Montgomery yeah. are like, we got next. Yeah. But like they're able to help out right now too. Yeah. We'll see how that all shakes out. Great pro, I guess it's not a problem. Yeah, it's a great situation to have. Healthy competition, man. We preach it all the time, and that's what like it's great for everyone. You don't ever want to be comfortable. You guys saw it on defense, right? With B Cook, like the 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 time that B Cook wasn't playing behind Forrest and Wiggins and Hicks, like every day in practice, it was like, man, this dude. Oh my God! Yeah, don't even it's get me started. So good. He it was his year when he first got there, and he couldn't. And he redshirted. Um, yeah, he redshirted. They would put him on like scout team, special teams, and like I was like, he would always be like going against me, and oh, you poor I'm, bastard. Yeah, and like I would have to like, <laughs> and he'd be on KOR. He'd be on KOR, and like normally it's like guy like you know, lesser skill on the special scout team than like Brian Cook, who is an NFL safety. And 
it would be like a war every snap because he's a dog. He's a dude. Like he he didn't take any like play off. Like he like especially even in his red shirt year because that's just the kind of guy he is. And it obviously you see how much it pays off for him. And it would just be a war every snap. And like that's the mentality he had that year behind those guys. And that's exactly why he's in the NFL because he just never never took a break and was always preparing like he was gonna he the starter and that's how he earned the job and he like made millions of dollars from it now yeah especially obviously you look at what Derek Forrest did this past weekend as well in the NFL just the uh the talent in that ah, in man. that safety position is just was yeah. incredible <laughs> look Roy, Royer will tell you there was never a doubt yeah. there was never a doubt when Defoe got to the NFL that as long as he got the opportunity he was going to do what he did yesterday. Like that that's just a dude that that gets shit done. 100%. Out. Like that's the best way I can describe it. It was never yeah. It was just a matter of when. It was like when when was it going to happen? So, that I love that. That's one of the one of the best guys to ever come to come through this past 5 years, if not the best. I mean, you could probably you could get Brady Collins on here. He could talk he could tell you about oh, yeah. D4 for D4. Oh yeah. I mean, he and that he deserves it too. Like hundred percent deserves it. I mean, hell of a hell of a player, hell of a man. He, so I mean, and Brady, he's gonna he's gonna get even better every year. Brady Brady told me from the day Derek and Kobe got here, these two. Like I don't like everybody yeah. else can be good. We're gonna get this shit right, but these two, Derek and Kobe, are gonna do special things. And uh, yeah, Brady's never been wrong. I don't know that I've, I've ever had a, 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 a comment we could go back to where Brady wasn't right. Yeah, he's a magician. Think... He's just Brady perfect. Knows. He is. He is. Yes. You're telling me. Brady is God. Wow. <laughs> Slap that mustache on him. He is. He is. <laughs> Easy, Brent. Easy. Down boy. Down but, boy. Uh, but yeah, that's a good transition into the uh, anything else on the offense. I mean, we could go on and on nitpicking how great Jaden Thompson looked. And probably his route running. We can nitpick continuously all these different players and plays. But uh, we got to talk about the defense as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, well, first off, Forrest was rated the highest, uh, grayed out as the highest on the entire commander's team. Number two safety in that. the NFL yesterday. Number two safety in the NFL, yeah. So that's uh in his first start. Hell yeah. Telling you something. Hell first yeah. start. Love it. Yeah. Wally Pip is all I gotta say to that. So <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, you know, it, kind of rolling into the defense. It's you know, I, it, it's kind of strange for me to look at first Arkansas, who who had a big 14-point win against South Carolina last weekend. Uh they did lose Jalen Catalan for the rest of the year, but that's a team that is in the top 10 going to continue creeping up, but you know, against Arkansas, you're facing an RPO heavy run team, kind of unorthodox. And then you face a triple option team, obviously unorthodox. This defense is yet to face like a typical offense. You know what I mean? It's just how excited first off from a broad stance, do you think this, this defense is now to be able to say, okay, we're going to actually face a team that'll be, Running regular sets, you know, we don't have to worry about a crazy triple option or, uh, you know, the ability of a 
of a quarterback to to bust it up the middle and and run you over or anything like that. You know, we're gonna be able to face a, a team that will run a typical, you know, hand the ball off, play action, look for a pass. You know, it's just just a normal offensive set. Yeah, coming off the triple, it's always like a weight off the shoulders. It's like, oh, all right, back to normal. Like, how many, like, we didn't have anybody, like, go down with, like, bad injuries. Like, that's always, like, you know, you worry that much about – you worry about that a lot when it comes to the triple and, you know, come out of there healthy and dominant. That's good, but we got to remember um, it's an FCS team. We did what we were supposed to do, and we can't be – we can't act like everything's solved and – we're the the hottest things in sliced bread. We got to let it motivate us. Let it be a stepping stone. I think they will. That's the kind of defense they are, but obviously it's playing right into our strengths, getting back to more traditional offensive schemes. Um, I think it, it bodes well for us, for our, for our defense, for our scheme, for how we like to play a lot of guys. I think it's going to give us more opportunities to make plays, be stout, but obviously next week we got to get, got to get back to, tackling more in space we're going to be out more in space now we're not going to be uh in the triple you don't get as much experience with that and we obviously struggled with tackling uh versus arkansas especially in that second half so we got to be ready and be prepared and you know right that ship but i think it's good i think it's a good stepping stone but we got to remember we haven't we haven't played bearcat defense yet you know i don't think we played it versus Arkansas. Um, so we got to remember it. We ha- we definitely haven't arrived. We have not arrived yet, but I'm excited. Next week's another opportunity to get better for them and uh, correct some of those mistakes. You, you want to know my favorite moment from Saturday? Jabari Taylor. Yes. But with the caveat that it was his comment in the post-game press conference where he scored and he took it all the way over to the Kennesaw State sideline. And then he said at one point there was a realization that, like, now I have to run back to my sideline. <laughs> and they get the ball. So I'm going to have to go out and play defense again after just sprinting in, like, 30 yards for a touchdown, running 40 yards across the end zone, and then another 40 yards, 50 yards, all the way back to the sideline. Like I wanted to, I had a, I have a picture of him that I, I posted with one of the stories, and it's like at this moment you could see Jabari realize that he screwed <laughs> up and was on the wrong sideline. Like that was my we favorite part. To, was yeah, that's hilarious. Corley had to bring his best friend the oxygen tank over there for him to help a brother out, but <laughs> hey, don't the, the Godfather. Oh yeah, we were standing next to each other when he made that play. We were, yeah, my own. There we go. It's the <laughs> guy. <Eyes on>. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's Italian. I don't. I'm not. I don't know for sure. I don't think he's <laughs> oh, it's an edu- good, educated guess. But mate, the, the kid makes plays on the inside of the defense, man. You yeah. won't know this name, and he, he's built a lot different. But he reminds me of like his ability to just make things happen of Terrell Burt. Oh, I was gonna say Terrell another Cole Rain kid. Guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Terrell Burt was back in those 07, 08, like those those early Brian Kelly teams. And 
They're, they're, I mean, obviously their bodies are totally different, but Bird was a little shorter. He was a twin, wasn't he? I think he was a twin. You're a Colerain guy. I have no idea. I think he was a twin. Was was he in your class? Bolden. I went to Northwest. I didn't go to Colerain. Oh, he was Northwest. And I graduated. Colerain, Colerain light. Well, Colerain took all the football players from Northwest. That's how it. That's how it went. Right. That's why I called him. Tommy Bolden recruiting illegally. Should we turn him in Lakota West? Carrie was was still there at that point, right? When I was when I was when I was at Northwest in 2002, Bolden was still at Northwest. He hadn't even moved to Colerain yet. So yeah, Colerain stole Bolden from Northwest. Yeah, (laughs) did he he get there like 2007, eight? Which one was it? I don't remember. That's right right around like it's 06 or like 06 or 07 was when Carrie came to UC. Yeah, graduating college. Carrie, because Davidson beat his like one of his best teams ever in the playoffs and he t- i was talking yeah. to him at at a higher ground he's like after that i had to get out of there <laughs> was, sorry coach combs that's just we do we do things a little different around in hilliard but now those cole rank those cole rank kids are tough everyone ex- everyone's tough there but the only one that's not is kyle bolden he was he's kind of a <laughs> coach's yeah. kids man coach's kids uh, some of them have it some of them don't Kyle Bolden. I saw like, him walking. He's one right of my best friends, so I can tell you that I can say this about him. So Royer, I saw him walking off the field after the game. He had like an entourage. He did like, have he had that. The people bo- like walking behind him, like Yeah, that's that's Bolden, man. He's got a girlfriend though. Don't worry, he's a nice, loyal man. But Kyle Bolden, the only football player I've ever met that was able to literally explode his whole knee running in a straight line. RIP to his career. Yeah. What? <laughs> on, a, on a kickoff, right? Running down on a kickoff. And then he exploded his kneecap. So I got to go in at linebacker. So thanks for that, bud. Appreciate you, man. Well, Good then best. he went on to find Pump It Up. So I, yeah. Maybe it was just like a, like and, it was a blessing in disguise. And Andy yeah. was the key at solving the triple option after giving up oh my 7,000 yards against Navy. You know, oh, yeah. Bolton took over the triple option prep and. Next thing you know, the triple option is is useless against the Bearcats. Yep. Now, you brought up the fact- part of that. I didn't see you with an entourage on the field on Saturday. Oh no, I I, I was not. I was I was me and Bolden. We were we were enjoying ourselves on the sideline. We were having a good time. But no, I did not have an entourage. I'm not at that level, man. <laughs> now you brought up the fact that Cincinnati hasn't played their defense yet this season. Uh, we we saw a different look from them though. With as much as they went four down linemen, that's as much as I've seen them go four down linemen, maybe in in like four or five years. Um, were you surprised at all to see them switch things up? And it's every been, time they play the triple option. Yeah, that's just our scheme. So we we scheme that up. It's an automatic. It, we we have like a different a different. We do like a whole different defense basically. Okay. For four the four three. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, just like Ty. Ran, last year, you guys ran bare front five. Yeah, do you, you know, it's Ty. Ty and DP would be on the field at the same time because yeah. we would we'd like put that extra linebacker in and then take a safety out and run one high safety. It's just like it's the way we it's the we kind of adopted that defense ever since we got um, obliterated by Navy. Dog walked <laughs> by the Navy. Yeah. Hey, but I'm ever since then, was... man, never again. I, I mean, that was like on... forty-two to nothing. Yeah, yeah. At the net. 
I'm guessing Cortez there's one guy Braun. on defense you were more proud of than anyone. Guessing? Guessing. Maybe number 57? Uh, Mulaney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about that. That I, I mean, that's great. Like, Mulaney's always been a dude who plays his butt off, and getting to see him, like, rewarded for that is great. And, you know, he was doing a great job. I mean, that's perfect for him. His style, he's – He's quick off the line. He's physical. He he likes to get his hands on the O lineman, and that's exactly what you know you try to do when trying to defeat a triple option. And so that was perfect for his skill set. And I, I love to see him out there. I think he did a great job. Hopefully, he can get himself some more snaps out of that performance. So, unfortunately, I think he's going to. I think I think there's a lot more snaps that are going to be available. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't get in. You know why? I know why. People listening probably know why. I'm just not going to say it out loud. But put two and two together. Yeah. I think there's going to be some snaps available at defensive end. Unfortunately, we'll 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 touch on that next week, maybe. Um. Well, I was just going to say, have you been as much as we talked about like the linebackers that were going to be the best position on this side of the ball? Have you been surprised with how well the the defensive line has been playing? thus far this season? Uh, I I mean, they have been doing great. I, I'm not surprised, like, with, like, Jabari, uh, Malik, and Jawan. I, ha- I have been pleasantly surprised with Corleone, Eric Phillips, because, I, I mean, I, we knew where they were going to get snaps, but getting there's one thing, getting snaps, and then making plays is another thing. Those guys are set up making plays. Not coming off no experience, not a lot of snaps before this this year, and like that's super encouraging, you know, to be able to have depth and not only just have depth, but depth that can make step in and make plays just like the one A's are. So that's great. So I am I am I am a little more surprised to speak on just like the the guys rotating in, but obviously we had a great room, and so I'm expecting more of them. Yeah, I thought Noah Potter had some really good plays as well out there. Um, yeah, just as, as you know, the the thing about Potter, I think, is is what you know Marcus Freeman mentioned about Darian Beavers back when he was you know his first season here. Just the fact that he was out there thinking the whole time; he wasn't playing without thinking. And then once he unlocked that ability to just go out there and play, that's when Darian kind of took off. And then obviously his final season, he just you know positioned himself as an NFL player. But um, when when it comes to the triple option, you know, you mentioned last season at Navy, Arquan Bush, I think, played one defensive snap, and on that play, he was able to come up with an interception, yeah, to to, yeah. to seal the game. Well, we had another interception this past uh, weekend, and it was one that was actually the eighth for Javon Hicks, but he was able to return that one for a touchdown. Uh, Luke in the postgame presser mentioned that they've got a running joke amongst the Corain players about how. You know, they can get the turnover, but they can never find the end yeah. zone. And a la Deshaun Pace getting tackled at the two or three yeah. against IU and against Notre Dame. So uh, was that kind of a running joke during the season last year as well? Oh, or was yeah. it kind of just like, uh, what are they going to do? Is Corain going to ever make it in? <laughs> no, that that is that has been a running joke. That's 100% true. But yeah, it was great seeing Jalen being finally taken in because, I mean, he's just been a turnover machine in his career. And, you know. I know it's special as a defensive guy to be able to score and get it into the end zone. And for as many as he had without getting that, getting a, a score, I mean, I think that's something super, um, something he was probably super excited about. I was really happy to see that for him. Yeah, it, it, a little bit different than Jabari's touchdown because, like Chad said, if you rewatch <laughs> it, Jabari does sprint like 
directly over to Kennesaw State's sideline. And it, it's a little little puzzling. At least Hicks was able to come straight over to the Bearcat sideline. So he, <laughs> he might have been been knowing what to do once you get there, be there like you've been there before type thing. But yeah, um, yeah. aside from that, another safety. And and Chad's mentioned him during the you know postseason – pardon me, the uh, offseason practice reports constantly uh, you were able to, to definitely get some reps with him and and practice and and pro- possibly in in some games last year at Armarion Smith uh what what did you see out of that guy last season and I, I mean he's able to to be an absolute bone crusher out on the field and I think that's uh the type of mold that this defense needs to have at safety and obviously his future seems super super bright yeah Amarion um Amarion always had a super high ceiling, but learning the defense was always kind of holding him back when he first got there. And uh, everything I've heard from guys in the safety room and coaches is just how much of how much of a big uh, big step he took towards understanding his his uh, his position and the defense better. And that's why you're really seeing him out there being able to make plays because I mean he just has a great frame, a great body type for safety, long can move, can hit, play. He plays really hard. I mean, he's, he's a great, he's a great player, great, a great guy. So I, you know, I think it was just being able to learn that defense, um, get over that like mental hump that he had. Um, And I think like the more experience, the more plays, the more reps he's getting in practice, he's just going to keep exponentially getting better. I'm excited about Biggest thumper on the team, isn't he? Biggest like, I think on the he team. hits harder than anybody on the team. Uh, Ivan maybe, uh, Deshaun maybe, but when 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 Sean Deshaun hits hard. Deshaun Deshaun hits really hard. I know that. Um, when Armorian hits you, you stay hit. Yeah. It takes, D- it takes Dingle a hits really to hard too. Jacob yeah, Dingle can can lay the wood. He some people might some people don't get to see that that much, but yeah, Armorian's up there. I think I think my top three would have to be um, Deshaun, then Amarion, and then Dingle. That's fair. I think that's a good list. Yeah. Threats had a big hit stick too. Uh, oh yeah, threat. I forgot about him. Threats. Yeah, threat. Threat plays with reckless abandon. Can't forget about him too. Put him four. Comfortable four. <laughs> yeah. Respectable four. I'm gonna have to do some well, research on my hit list for next week. I'll get back to you. All right. <laughs> and then possibly a player that's making a move up the list is is Ethan Wright. I, the first game yeah. action that we saw him at, at at safety, and in limited time, he came up with seven tackles. Yep. Uh, it's a, pretty pretty impressive to see out of him. I, obviously, one of probably one of the best all around athletes on the team, if you would say. Kind of. Do you see him just kind of blossoming at that safety position? Yeah, he's a not as he he's a great athlete. He's a great football player. Uh, he's physical. He plays hard. He's got like those intangible things that you can't like coach. Just that effort and just like wanting to just kill people every single snap. And so that's you know that's something that's really gonna like elevate his game, especially once he gets comfortable playing that new position. But same thing with like a Derek Forrest. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. He's going to get it and he's going to blow up and he's going to do great. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later. I think it will be. Let, let's say with our chess, Royer, that's what we like to do here. Ethan Wright will play safety in the NFL. I'll, I'll say it. I I believe you. I, I, I'd have to watch more of them. But, I mean, I, I don't doubt 
that he could find you his could way see, there. Just you could see at higher ground every practice was like okay. He learned from this mistake yesterday. Like he learned like like yeah. And each time out, it would be like okay, man. Like this kid's not. He's not just going to be content with sitting at the back of that safety room. Oh, no. And it's a very good safety room. Yes, like, it is. It's becoming a strength of the roster in that safety room, which makes it harder and harder to get on the field. But, man, he just plays. And I and I asked him, I said, what about going back to defense? He said it took about a week like of camp, and then it all started flooding back because he played safety in high school. He was like mm-hmm. – all right, now, now I'm picking up. Let's play that, ball, baby. The tackle for loss he had was Brian Cook. Yeah, yeah. Well, like he shot the gap on a on a little flare to the outside, wrapped the guy up, hog tied him before he could get back to the line of scrimmage. Like that was that was Brian Cook. That was Defoe. Like that. That's so many guys we've seen before. So there's a lot of talent in that safety room. You better watch out because Ethan Wright's coming for your snaps. Well, Chad, Chad, <laughs> I agree. Was, wasn't it? Uh, it might have been Brady on here or Luke after one of the uh, practices during fall camp that he said that he's starting to see a bunch of Brian Cook and Ethan Wright. So yeah, that's a it, when it comes from either. I mean, whether it was even Trestle or someone, it, when it comes from the staff, you know that there's a lot of truth behind that. So yeah, I mean, I'm I was extremely impressed with when he was on the field, just the the ability to fly around, and he's you know on kickoff uh, kickoff team as well, and and just just flying around on special teams, which is as we mentioned, the way to to, to win Luke's heart over and uh, see mm-hmm. potential snaps down the line. So I think Ethan Wright's got got a lot of potential. I mean, I'm convinced the way that they value special teams. If Royer would have used his COVID year, he'd have been he might not have been a one A, but he'd have been a one B. <laughs> I don't know about that. I special teams, that was my that was my little my fun club. I was my only membership on the team. I had fun there. <laughs> we didn't venture over to that defensive club that much, but only for spring ball and for the spring game. <laughs> where you dominated, where you were the best player at the spring game. Yeah. Sometimes when you're 23 years old, beating up on a bunch of prom bunch of kids who are missing out on their prom dates you might do kind of well but <laughs> that was alec pierce and i would say that like anytime i made a play he's like hey good job bro you just beat up a 17 year old <laughs> and you're like you're damn right like, yeah and i'll do it again my, and again that was my <laughs> job that's what they told me to do yep no i agree right has very similar play styles to brian and Derek. And if you do that, then you have a really good shot of making the NFL. And a guy with Ethan's mentality, his work ethic, yeah, I could definitely see him finding his way onto an NFL team. I'll let you explain this because you know it better. You understand it better than I do. Was he really yeah, a safety? So, it seemed like he was playing more of Sam in a 4-4. Yeah, so kind of like – so like how I said, uh, Ty and Deshaun would be on the field at the same time. We kind of do run those like it's like almost like two outside like backers and then we have like two like middle backers who and then one true high safety so yeah he was playing that like hybrid safety backer position where you're kind of like at linebacker level but you're not in the box but he will like he'll play boundary 
safety in our traditional defense. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, Jack Dingle with, with seven tackles as well. So, uh, you know, breaks at eight up the middle, you know, Dante with his, with his sack, you know, I, coming off the edge, both Phillips and Noah Potter were putting up tackles. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think against triple option, it's a big, like, you know, Hey, defensive line, this is, you know, cup check time and, and go yeah. out there and, and, dominate the line of scrimmage and we win this football game. So I think that they were able to, to obviously do that pretty, pretty clearly. Um, yeah. 63 to 10 ended up being the final in this one. Uh, 28 straight wins at Nippert stadium. Is that something that the staff kind of harps on or is it kind oh, of yeah. just something in the back of the mind that all the players know? I mean, every, every, um, every Thursday practice, Coach Brady will give a like a kind of like a speech, I guess you could say. And every time we're playing a Nippert, he references the streak with the, the appropriate win total, updated e- each time we win, and how it it means something. It's special. Like it, it is something that we if we we reference it in our summer workouts. We work out in Nippert. It's a big deal to us, and it is something that we know about because we want to defend that place. It's a special place. Great history. And you got to win games at home if you want to. If you want to do anything, you got to win all your home games. So that it is, it is something we really harp on, and it's obviously come to fruition. Well, speaking of winning games, fifteen straight against the the Miami Red Hawks, who are be be heading on into to Paul Brown or pay what is it, Paycor Paycor Stadium, Paycor Stadium this. <laughs> This Saturday is is that another thing that's just like all right, Victory Bell, time to just go out there, shuttle up, and and continue this streak because, I mean, when when it's at 15, 16, if they win this year, they're gonna remember the streak, but they're gonna probably remember the team if God forbid they did break the streak, they're gonna remember that probably a little bit more than the streak itself. We don't we don't think about the streak at all. We think about the rivalry. Rivalries are big. It's a big deal to us. This rivalry is a really big deal to our team, to our coaches, and our culture. We take this game super personal. We don't care if you know they might be considered in a lower conference or not as big of a football school as we are, so to say, if you want to word it like that. But we take this very seriously, and we do not reference the, the last – what the the record and the recent success we've had it's it's all in like rivalries matter and coach fickle thinks tradition and rivalries are a big deal and what make college football special and i 100 percent agree with them and we treat this rivalry like it's yeah it's not about the streak it's not about playing like you know quote unquote a max school like how some people used to like to word it like that this is a huge game for us. We prepare like it's a huge game because it is. We want to. We want to beat the ever-loving shit out of Miami. We. It's a rivalry for a reason. Well, then, how did you feel last year when they when you found out that they were pulling starters out of the game, as opposed to they, going full strength against you guys? They can. Uh, they can do what they want. We. Uh, we're gonna put our guys in, and we're gonna try to dominate them every single snap. That's how we treat the rivalry. So. They could treat it how they want, and if they don't want to take it seriously, that's that's their decision. I think it's a bad one because we're going to be coming out swinging with everything we got like we have and how we will do this Saturday. So I'm super excited for it. Rivalries matter. 
they matter a lot, and you're going to see that on Saturday. You know, this one's for the lead, right? Yeah. The all-time series that. is now tied. It's now tied. So, but it don't matter, I, I, man. I, I'm the I'm the type of asshole that like, okay, get the win, and then just cancel it. Be done. We're off. You the one. You, See you guys later. <laughs> Fresh start. You guys seen the other guys? You seen the other guys? Fresh start. We're the Febreze yeah. brothers. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess. Uh, well, well then, since it is Red Hawk Week, if you will, what's uh, what's your favorite game that you played against them? I, was it the Monsoon at at then Paul Brown Stadium? Was it you know kind of the uh, the the other big wins? Um, which one which one kind of sticks out the most to you? I mean, obviously the first the first uh, one of the Fickle era was like pro- one of the craziest games ever. That was yeah. that was crazy. I mean, I I wasn't suited up. They I was, they brought us all the non-travel squad. They brought us, they brought us to the game. So I was in my Jersey, but no pads. That one was insane, but, uh, oh, last year we just, you know, it feels good to just kind of like, you know, beat the shit out of them. That's what you want to do. And like, that's what you train for. That's what we harp on. And, you know, we got the bell in there. Uh, all week it's sitting right there. We're thinking about it every single moment we see it. It's right in our face. So I'd probably say last year was the best. It was week one. I mean, Nippert was rocking. It was, it was, I'd say last year was my favorite big uh, game or something. Well, they said loudest moment at Nippert was the touchdown pass to, to Tyler Scott on that opening play. So definitely uh, Nip was rocking. that. What's what's that? So that was the loudest moment. Did yeah, say that. Isn't that what they said? The highest decibel volume, or by the decibel or... count? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Really? Huh? That's I mean, it was the opener. Everybody was like, you know, you guys were supposed to have the greatest season in program history. Everybody was in the stadium, yeah. ready to get nuts. And then on the first play, you throw a seventy-five yard touchdown, or second play, the seventy-five yard touchdown. I... Yeah, I, I I just would have thought like my experience that the championship game versus Houston was the loudest college football environment I've ever. Maybe it was just in. regular season, Brett. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't even know. Then I, that, like, even then, I thought Sauce's pick six was when that place was, or even Michael Warren oh, yeah. at the end of the third quarter in that same game that the crowd was just erupting. So yeah, but yeah, according to. I don't know who sent it. Hey, it's a good debate to have, you know. There we go. Those are all great, great memories, but we got – let's make some more now. Amen. That's right. Big game on Saturday. Uh, Aaron, is there any questions at all that we should throw at at Ryan? The the, the people are kind of demanding that Royer now stays for the mailbag. Like, like, now now he can't leave. He he threw it out there last week, so I (laughs) – Let's There's definitely some questions. So, what, what is your guys' opinion on playing at Paul Brown? I don't love it. I don't. I think it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'd I'd rather go to Oxford to be honest. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Coming from Athens, no. Driving all the way from Athens, that that drive sucks. I mean, I that just, drive sucks from here. I know. 
for me. I would. More, I. More it's a cool little stadium, though. Yeah, and you know they got all those, all those. Uh, the students are right there behind you. It makes for a little fun environment. All like two hundred and fifty of them. <laughs> yeah, they're too busy at the frat parties to come watch the Red Hawks, but. I'm, it's, I'm right. guessing it's a different. It's a different good. culture. It's a different culture. <laughs> At Miami, stopped up to a few of those. Hell, never, no? never. In my, I'm, I'm a Clifton rat, man. Aaron's family Clifton. owns half the bars in, I don't, in Oxford. Sure. My, my family does own half the bars in in Oxford. Well, I'll never give them a cent, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm taking Tavern Woody's. I'm taking. I'm taking all those. I'm Murphy. taking that. I'm mad at you. Murphy, yeah, Murphy's forgot that. Max, God, don't get me reminiscing, man. Murphy's <laughs> after the IU game. Let's tear it up, Ryan. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, don't tell him you'll be there. He'll be there. Well, he well then we'll be there then. Uh, but no, Paycor downtown downtown Cincy is supposed to be popping, right? It's Oktoberfest this weekend. Uh, it's uh. A lot of things going could, on downtown. You could go to the game and then go from there to the Holy Grail at the banks yeah. and celebrate <laughs> the Bearcats taking the lead in the series. There we in go. The matter of battle for the victory bell. There we go. And Chad's buying everyone a shot. I heard. That's what I heard. Hey. Hey. Chad might need a couple shots because kill all that bacteria. Whatever's got him wait, sick. I think you wait, could use a little Yeah, what happened to the neon sign? I, I, I gotta figure out a way to, to to for it not to be so bright. Ah, okay. I heard about it and I just remembered it. I was like, when you were you haven't behind, seen it? I was like, no, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's something. <laughs> well, this is what it looks like. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Which is awesome. That's yeah, that's that's quaint. That's nice. I like it. Just Are we about to get blinded? <laughs> that's bright. Kind of scared. Gotta kind of plug, kind of plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> try, try unplugging and plugging it back in. <laughs> yeah, just oh, all the lights just <laughs> done. Oh my oh. god, that white is almost not visible. <laughs> well, that, well yeah, that, here's the problem. Oh, there it goes. There we go. Here's the problem, Royer. That's ten percent. All right, all right, do it. Let's see it. Let's see it. You can't That's even see the room anymore. Yeah, it's, right. the, the lights are still on, and you can't even see the room. <laughs> Chad's like ready this, to play this. Looks awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Chad, all you need is like <laughs> that beer camera. All you need is like a little pump it up or a little, little you know EDM music going. Right? I think you can throw a little party in there, man. I like it. so, what I need to do, I think, uh, as I've researched this, is I need to get like some uh, tempered, uh, like acrylic over the front of it and that should dull down the the white enough to make it presentable because ideally Royer, what we're gonna do is put it right there yeah like right here yeah that's perfect and it would be awesome could you do a black backdrop though the backdrop is not the problem the problem is the front all right the problem is the front so I I haven't done my neon sign research recently. So uh. I've done a lot of neon sign research recently, and uh, <laughs> like it's it's worth the money I spent on it. It is awesome. Yeah, I, 
I can only imagine the rabbit holes you go in for neon right. search. What this one? Steven Chenault, see through time again. Leave it at 10%. It, it, it was still washing out the screen, Paul. Reed, Reed, we've tried everything trying to get this like camera ready. It, we, we've literally, yeah. I think we've I've tried. messed with every setting. I downloaded the, uh, the, the app for the uh, webcam. I've messed with every setting. I've messed with every setting on the computer. The only thing I think I can do, I think there's two options, is to either get like some, uh, some black electrical tape and cover the LEDs with that or, and that's kind of like the, you know, the, the ghetto solution. Last ditch resort. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or get the, like the tinted, basically like put a tinted window in front of it. And then that should dull down the neon to the point where it'll work. Okay. Just put a blackout curtain over the front. That messes with the red is the problem. I'm, I'm seeing the Kobe. red is perfect. I'm seeing Kobe got beat pretty bad in this game yeah, tonight. Yeah, he got dusted by Jerry Judy on a 70-yard touchdown. It happens. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Was he out? Was he playing uh, slot corner or was he playing normal? I didn't see the the full play as I was, uh, you know, focusing on this. But I haven't seen anything. But I'm sure the uh, clip will Joel, come out at some point. Joel uh, DeBlanco is telling me they're working him a lot at uh, nickel too. Yeah, he, he was he was a starter at nickel, I believe. Yeah. Did All right, Joel make practice Seahawk squad? Career. He, did no, he make practice they, squad? No. Dang. I know. Tough. I just I kept looking for him on Madden. I, I still haven't seen him yet with a with a profile on Madden. He'd be what a forty nine overall. I mean, either way, just to <laughs> you, you put you buy the actual hard disc and you keep that. Like I right. was on this. Oh game. yeah. No, I know. I got to give him a hard time, though. That's one of my boys. So, so Kobe was in the slot. It was a bit underthrown. Could have, could have the tackle, but you know what? It's game one. You got plenty of time, man. Yeah, Joe Burrow threw like five interceptions. So, right, exactly. That was the craziest game I've ever, the craziest NFL game I ever watched. <sighs> I That's I why I watched the Bengals as a comedy instead of a drama. Because at the end, I was able to just be like, "You dumb motherfuckers!" I, I, like, I lost, I lost a year of my life yesterday. I was laughing. I was audibly laughing at like some of the things I couldn't believe. Are you a Browns Even, guy? I wasn't gonna say, but yeah, I am. You and Brady? Ew! This season, I, I can't. I, I might. I don't think I could be a fan after week eleven. It's gonna be. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah, fair, fair terrible enough. move. But, but no, it was funny because I had the Colts on one screen and the Bengals on the other screen, and it was just like heartbreak city. My my group chats one one is very Colts centric, the other one's very you know Bengals. AP. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the NFL, man. <laughs> but shocking. Uh, they threw it sauce like three times for one one completion for eight yards. Weird. There we go. Hard to believe. It, it's almost like it's almost like he did that a couple of times here. <laughs> he, did. he did. And you know what? It's it's gonna be fun now because now I, I guarantee you quarterbacks are and, and wide receivers are gonna be looking at that because I mean ESPN's retweeting it and, and, and everyone's yeah. posting it. They so now people are gonna be like, here we go. Well, let's, here's let's here's go the problem. 
Their other three DBs are trash. Terrible. Like on that one deep <laughs> touchdown, it's like he passed them off to the guy and and like the, the safety had no idea what to do. I like, think it'd be fantastic if he pulled like a Chad Ochocinco and just sent them bottles of sauce sauce after they got covered by him. <laughs> I want to try that. Tried the sauce good. No, I have the Ahmad sauce. Yeah, Ahmad sauce. 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 <laughs> do you so not I know why Ahmad sauce? No, I know what it is. I've just seen you know, it. I was, I was like, wait a second. Because I don't, okay. I don't call him sauce. Remember, that's my whole joke. Oh, that. that's right. The I followed. Sauce. I was there with you. I missed Thanks, the joke. Aaron. My bad. It's- I'm turning my camera off again. <laughs> I don't know if a mod. I don't think a mod sauce has as good of marketing appeal though. So doesn't have that same ring. B dubs. Yeah. It's Who almost is like they- <laughs> Sauce, sauce. I, but no, it's funny. He literally took every version of barbecue sauce and just blended it together. I mean, brilliant, brilliant job. It's can't mess putting, that up. Putting fingerprint stamps of sauce on, on cards, uh, trading cards. Man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's <it's> awesome. <laughs> Wasn't he like signing autographs in sauce? Yeah. So, so the card that I saw, the pen and sauce. Yeah. The card that I saw was like Dear his Lord. signature. And then he would just put his like thumb stamp of sauce on the card. Unbelievable. It, and it's a one of one card, so it's like okay, that one that one will be worth quite a lot. But I don't know how that's <laughs> yeah. You get moldy like five years stink, down the line. The card smells stinky ass card. <laughs> it's just like dissolving. You're trying to sell it real fast. You're like you, have to put, you just put card. it in airtight like immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. some yeah. Yeah. vacuum seal. Yeah. You vacuum seal your. <laughs> Card with the sauce sauce signature. You can't even send that to be graded. Like it's no one wants it. No. <laughs> it's gonna make it that much more rare, Aaron. I no guess. one wants to have the mold, so it'll be no one, one of one. Bring me the mold. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even gonna sell it. Bring me the mold. But uh yeah, so um any any questions in the mailbag catered towards Ryan? Yeah, there were a couple. Um we can maybe even open up the football portion here. Um, if you want to run through the football portion real quick while Ryan's here, yeah. um, first oh, he's question. here for good now. He get, he, he's here for good. <laughs> uh, those connected in the press box, I'd assume, have electronic access where they can obtain scores from other games. Why no scoring updates on the scoreboard? Uh, I kept checking via internet, but is sometimes iffy in the stadium. That comes from Bearcats 1972. I believe that is a software issue between the press box and the scoreboard itself. They've had problems with that for years. I am not smart enough to know how to fix it. I know it is something that they've wanted to try to incorporate uh, more diligently. I also think it is probably something if you want to do it right, you have to have somebody there full time just updating the scores uh, that might be an expense for the Big 12. All right, fair enough. I'm just saying. That, that's, that, that's what I know to, to date. Uh, next question comes from UC Merck 17. If there is one student athlete you could take from a different American conference team, who would it be and why? Uh, Royer, I'll cater this one specifically to you. Yeah. Anybody that you played against that you would have rather had on your team than playing against? Ooh. Trying to think of who the, the returner from Houston. I mean, Gabe, Gabe Davis. He was Davis. nuts. He was really Antonio really good. Gibson. What about homeboy the, from uh from the O'Keefe Memphis? kid from Central Florida? Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I, I might have to say Gabe Davis because that was back when we were like struggling a little bit receiver wise. Uh, and he would have been like, a, you know, he could have came in and really helped. Huge receiver. upgrade. That's who yeah. Sauce said was his hardest cover during his time. Oh, yeah. At, uh, he was, at I mean, yeah. That's the first uh, guy that jumps into my head. Um, I thought he said, uh, what's his name from Memphis was? The well, well, he he mentioned him, but then he said, "Well, no." The the reporter who asked the question mentioned yeah. him because he was in the same draft class. Yeah. And then Sauce said, "But I also, you know, guarded Gabriel okay. Davis, my true freshman year." Um, I think, uh, well, Antonio Gibson for Memphis that that one season at their place. Sadly, uh, he kind of had a couple big runs. And then heartbreak. Yeah, heartbreak. Um, this year, though. I take that Derek Parrish kid out of uh, Houston. He's got he had four sacks against Texas Tech this Ooh. this past weekend. So um, still wasn't enough. You can never get enough pass rush. I'll tell you that much. Nope. And then I agree. Yeah, because uh, people are saying Nathaniel Dell Lamb Big is. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got enough good weapons on the outside. I sure Dell would be awesome to, to add, but yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, how how often does he get on the field? Right. It's like, okay, you're part of the rotation. I think, obviously, if, if something you alluded to earlier, Chad, I think then that Parrish guy could come in and, and fill, fill in a little bit, um, get, some, get some good pass rush. So that'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd go with the pass rusher, sure. Uh, after seeing Prater and Ben play versus Kennesaw specifically, do you think Gino and Fick have allowed themselves to even lightly entertain the notion of a Prater package for a complete change of pace? especially if we're struggling to get things going offensively. Bryant in 37 minutes had 35 points, saw a fair amount of seven and eight man drops into coverage. Prater in 23 minutes had 28 points. Kennesaw had no clue how to defend and caused, and he caused a lot of confusion. Weren't 14 of those Prater points defensive touchdowns? I'm just reading the question. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying I'm not like. I know, I know. I actually think, think it was seven, seven. The the Jabari one was when Ben was in the game. Ben was in the game. The Hicks one was when Evan was in the game. And yeah, then that was when Evan was getting ready to check in. And then who was a quarterback for the Montgomery touchdown? That was none other than Brady Lichtenberg. Lichtenberg. Um, <laughs> yeah, there has to be like the the notion of a Prater package. Um. Ryan, was that was that your limited fake boomer? What is it? Was that your limited fake boomer? Oh, are you talking about Chris, Chris Berman? Berman? Yeah. Uh, if it sounded like it, I guess, but it was not my intention. No. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that his Twitter handle? 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 Lickety? Something it lickety? Might be. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, that's a hey, look. Royer knows. Brady can play. Oh yeah, Brady can throw that thing. He's sneaky fast. Yeah, he is sneaky athletic. That's a great point too. He can move. His handle is Brady Lichty. (laughs) Love it. Uh, If we play Kennesaw State first game and Arkansas in the second game, are we two and zero? Um, I I will say no, just Because because man. Arkansas was pretty damn good against South Carolina this weekend. 
Like I thought, I thought you were going to say because of injuries. Eh, I mean, both teams have had injuries. Like, you know, Cincinnati lost Jake Renfro. That, yeah, that's a pretty like, important injury. Um, and how many how many guys left the Arkansas game against Cincinnati? My goodness. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just I wouldn't comfortably say no because it looks like both teams got better from week one to week two. Yeah. And I, Arkansas had their way. Like South Carolina made that a little bit of a game at the end, but from the start, that was a pretty much an ass kicking Arkansas over South Carolina. Well, the the one thing I would say though is that. If Cincinnati was playing against Kennesaw State, you can be extremely vanilla in that game. When it's okay. if, if Arkansas, so Arkansas playing South Carolina, but no, if they're playing South Carolina, you know, if you're flip flopping the, the first two games, I you're gonna see Arkansas's hand against South Carolina. So maybe that's fair. I think we would have played better than we did um, than we did play against sure. Arkansas. I think you could also say, oh, maybe like. That triple option could maybe get us a little bit more prepared for that that RPO in terms of like getting a good read, getting a good read on the quarterback yeah. if he has the ball, if not, making sure we're in good position. But still, it's a whole different uh, type of defense we're running. I do think I do think it could give us an opportunity to be more crisp on both sides of the ball. But you know, I we can't. I, I just I don't want to take any way, anything away from Arkansas. Yeah, no, they're because, they're a really good team. They. They uh they made plays when they needed to make plays to, to beat us, but I I just don't want to be that podcast that people make fun of for like yeah you know oh yeah Cincinnati would kicked Arkansas's just, ass if they'd have played them you know week two like no that's that's a damn good team maybe yeah. maybe the mistakes would have cleaned themselves up maybe Cincinnati would have been a little more crisp but maybe Arkansas would love- also would have been a little more crisp. I'd love to play it again. Yeah, bowl game. I was about to say, I'd love to play those guys again at, at, in a bowl game. We can uh, – Sam Pittman disagreed. He said he oh, was yeah. done playing Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> I don't he knows because he knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think people think and, – and you can attest to this because you've seen it. I think people think, like, when you talk about playing a group of five team – the connotation is it's not going to be physical. When a team gets done playing you guys, and, and, and you've seen it and experienced it, they're not real happy physically with how they feel when that game is over, even if they win. But I, I think that Arkansas team walked out of that game going, I'm good. Like, we, we play, scheduling them again? Nah, I'm good. Let's not, let's not do that. Because Cincinnati is yeah. physical. Georgia, Georgia same way. Would say nope. the same thing, hundred nope. percent. I bet, and that was the team that won the national championship too. Yep. I but, think Alabama yeah, would no. probably say the same thing. Once you guys got your footing, yeah. No, I think I I know I know they have respect for us and how hard and tough and physical we play, and I think we've kind of established ourselves as like that outlier, that that kind of consistent tough physical team. They're like. I know you just knowing ball and knowing how like coaches are and teams prepare like they're it's probably oh this is this is going to be a physical team they're they're not they're going to play like hard nose tough defense they're going to come hit you like I know that was that was in every single scouting report intro you could right. say 
Well, yeah, and and in every post game against Georgia, Bama, and Arkansas, every single coach said that the Cincinnati team would do really well in the SEC. So it's yeah. uh and you know, a lot of people can say that's coach speak, but when you just get done playing a physical game like that. Nah, man, they meant that shit. Yeah, you're coming out there and you're you're speaking from the heart when you say that. So um, yep. there's no no doubt in my mind on that. All right. Uh that's the football portion of the mailbag. Moving on to basketball. So what's the scoop with Muller sophomore forward? Kingston Land, am I wrong for assuming he's related to Eugene? How's he look? Saw that Xavier just offered him. Are we interested slash involved? Ryan? It is Eugene, it is Eugene Land's son. Eugene Land played for the Bearcats during the Huggins era. Um, he looks good. He's long, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's got a lot of potential. He's still young. Uh, is Cincinnati interested and involved? Yes. Um do you have to when you're dealing like I think there's a special set of circumstances when you're dealing with the legacy. You got to make sure it's the right fit. You got to make sure the kid is, you know, the type of player you want to be an impact guy. Um and I think Eugene is is close to that, but he's playing 15 and under AAU basketball right now. Like there's still a lot that he has to prove, a lot that he has to show and as as we've talked about in in recent weeks, West Miller's recruiting top fifty kids, by and large, and, and top seventy five kids almost exclusively. Um, we will see how Eugene or how Kingston develops. I'm pretty high on him. I think he's got a really high skill set, uh, a really high uh, potential level, but a lot more of that will come into the to focus as he goes through his sophomore season or, or his junior season um, or his sophomore season. Yeah. I think he's going to be a sophomore. Um, and then into next AAU season really should determine how involved Cincinnati will be. But yeah, the, they built that relationship early. They are interested and involved. Um, just a matter of time. It's still very early. All right. Uh, Chad, are you allowed to share any recruiting stories with players you see gotten in the fold or missed out on? I thought about this. Most recruiting stories aren't all that interesting. Like it's, you know, like uh, somebody mentioned um, like Trey Burke. Cincinnati was a lock for Trey Burke. And then Michigan had a point guard declare for the draft. That opened up a starting point guard spot at Michigan. And Trey Burke was from Columbus. And really all Trey Burke wanted to do was sticking up Ohio State's ass that Ohio State wasn't interested in him. So he went from being a lock to Cincinnati and like days away from announcing his commitment to Cincinnati to going to Michigan. And guess what? Lighting up Ohio State on his way to becoming, you know, first team All-American. Um, I don't think that's that interesting. That's just like Kimball Walker, same thing. And, Brandon uh, Jennings. Hashim uh, Sabi. Well, the Ashim to beat thing, they showed him around. Like, uh, so this was when Mick first got the job. And they brought him to campus for a visit. And they didn't have a team, remember? Yeah. Like, they had, like, Ron Allen and Cedric McGowan were the only guys on the team. So Ashim to beat comes in for an official visit. And the visit goes great. And he loves the staff. He loves the program. He loves everything Cincinnati's about. And then he's like, uh, when do I get to meet my teammates? And they're like, 
Well, why don't you come on over here and meet Cedric McGowan? Six, six weeks or so? I don't know, six weeks a month? Like, you can meet him then. Um, I don't know that I've ever told this story before. Uh-oh. So when I saw this question, I was like, I, I got to come up with a good, interesting story for this question. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, like right when, right around when Mick got the job, and this would have been the spring, summer, right around when Mick got, got the job. I, I, I'm kind of debating whether I throw names in this and just like throw gas on the fire. Um. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay. Royer says do it. I'm going to do it. So they're like AAU events used to be at high schools, right? Like it, now, like there are all, there are all these mega complexes built around the country with like eight, 10, 12 courts. The AAU event is held at that facility. That's where the, like the, everything happens. Back in the day, it used to be like, okay, we're in this city. But the event is at like seven or eight high schools around the center of the city. So guess what? Outside of the basketball gyms are high schools with hallways and classrooms. And you can kind of get lost in the catacombs of a high school. Which means a lot of uh, unscrupulous things could happen if the right person brought the player to the back hallways of a high school. Lord knows and, I did some unscrupulous things in the hallways of my high school. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, you know, a national scout might be like, hey, come take a walk with me. And then at the end of that walk, there's a college coaching staff. So there was a kid that was committed to UC. Um maybe uh a four star he jumped really high might have been part of what was called the goon squad um a a big dunking you know the dunk contest type guy um last name might have rhymed with silks dallas for worth daft worth yeah no you're wrong Darn dw dw is what i was saying atlanta kid um DW. So. Yeah. You're so weird. <laughs> um, and, and there was a, a national, uh, a national scout that has been in our circle for a long time and will be a national scout writer wherever Shannon Terry is because Shannon Terry played for his legendary D3 coach uh, of a dad uh, in college. You can piece that together pretty easily. So he took this said recruit and his mom back into the catacombs of this high school to meet up with the college coaching staff. And it just so happened that one of Mick's assistants uh, was walking through the hall at that point in time. And I, it didn't happen. Bisticuffs. There was almost fisticuffs. There was almost a fight about that you know like he was the kid darnell was already committed to cincinnati at this point like he was you know supposed to be in basketball football recruiting there's no holds barred until you sign or basically until you're on campus anything goes 
in basketball, when you commit, everybody's supposed to like back off. That's like the gentleman's agreement between basketball coaches. So that was a definite like breach of the gentleman's agreement. And I would have paid money to see that assistant basketball coach. Um, that kind of looks like Popeye. Uh, yeah, I was, I was really about to ask, was it the guy that <laughs> yeah. was about to throw down with the national scout? It, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been appointment television. All right. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's my best basketball story I can share tonight that I thought of. Rory, I won't, I won't ask you any specific examples, but how many times did you host a recruit? I may not have hosted one in writing, but I have hosted several at my house, and we would okay. have fun. I, I will leave it at that. I will not ask any more questions, but I was just curious. You see this Nathan- thing up here? Yeah. Nathaniel oh wants to know God. how many ceiling tiles you put your head through. This is, one of my, this is one of my good friends. Natty, you know the answer to that one, buddy. You All know. of them. All of the ceiling tiles. <laughs> You name it, I've done it. There we go. All right. Uh, the last recruiting battle with the top recruit you see had with USC was OJ Mayo. Well, kind of. If Wes Miller was in his second season at UC in 2007, with all the experience and staff he has now, would OJ have gone out West? No. Yes. Yes. That was a straight, like, here is a giant sum of money to come play for us. <laughs> Here's a bag. You're yeah. welcome. Like, Back Maybe in the NIL era, but like people took the OJ. OJ Mayo's never from Cincinnati. He's from Huntington, West Virginia. Just like I think North because College he Hill. played, he played at North College Hill. Everybody right. thinks OJ Mayo and Bill Walker were Cincinnati kids. They were Huntington, West Virginia kids that just came up here because they got they got a pretty good deal to come play for North College Hill. Like he didn't have any ties to the city other than he was here for what a year? Like that Royer knows you don't get to be a Cincinnatian by being here for a year, right? Like it, it yeah, ain't that gotta, easy. You gotta put your blood, sweat, and tears, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, um yeah. no, I, I I think I, I don't think he would have come here if Wes was in his second season at UC in two thousand seven. Do you remember Keenan Ellis, Chad? Yeah, the kid that was supposed to be great that was dog shit. The big man, the big man <laughs> yeah. on that. That played on that team. So he he started that cathedral, right? He sucked, dude. So he 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 called himself Slim. You know, when I when I first met him, he's like, "Yeah, I'm Slim." And I was like, "No, you're not. You're Keenan Ellis." But uh, <laughs> he ended up actually just uh, that's got, that's Royer's version of a mod and sauce, no, right? No, you're a mod. <laughs> exactly. No, so he uh, locked down the NFL. I don't, I don't even know who this slim guy is. Nah, this, this guy's interesting, but no, he he got in one little fight. His at, mom got uh, scared. At, at, at and he moved to this auntie and uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> right. So so no, at Cathedral in practice, he left practice and, and literally left the city that same day and was in North College Hill. Two days later, it was a crazy story. Crazy story. Yeah. Um. North College Hill, Bel Air. Those are different places. They are not the same. One yeah. of these things is not like the other. 
All right. Uh, what will be UC's most difficult mid-major or low-major non-conference game this year, not including Xavier? Yes, X is still a mid-major. No football, <laughs> no Final Fours. I don't know, man. I haven't I haven't gotten that far on the basketball schedule yet. Like I just I, this is football season. I, I don't like there's only one of me. I'm not a robot. Like I, I'm not in my free time, like I get like this much free time. I'm not like, oh, let's let's look at which is which of the, the mid majors on the basketball schedule are the toughest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like can we can we go back to that question like late October, early November? Well, I think I think easy put a, answer put a pin in the that only one. road game. Bring it, bring it back out in, in about a, I don't know, a month, month and a half. Yeah, law. let's go back to it. We're not, we're not saying no, just not now. Yeah, uh, Royer, this one's specifically for you. What is the best UC basketball game memory you have? Uh, I, I went to the, the first game in fifth third. That was really cool, but we lost. So that to the suck eyes. Ohio so State, yeah. yeah. That was, that was not a fun game to watch. Oh, I terrible. know. A, very bad offense. Very bad offense that game. Um, trying to think what was the, was it temple? We had, we like came back and like scored with like two seconds left on that layup. Yeah, it was senior day. That yeah, same year. It, I think it. Trey Scott probably, with the bucket at the buzzer. Yeah, a week before one. the world stood still is what we call it. I or the next year. Him. That wasn't the same year. It was the next year. What the for that game? No, that was <laughs> that was right before COVID shut down, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, like literally, it was right before the world shut down. And imagine, gosh, imagine if that tip-in didn't go in. Weren't, weren't there spend that entire quarantine just sitting there? Like, weren't oh, there games man, that weekend so being sad. canceled? Even like, I think, um, I think nothing were... really happened until we got to conference tournament. I just remember mean, the the NBA the country. game happened. No the NBA, not really. The okay. NBA, like the Rudy Gobert, was that who it was? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, touching all the mics. That happened right before all the conference tournaments started, and then that set off like the chaos that happened across the country. Even though it was yeah. later determined that no one touching mics would actually be able to give COVID out, but yeah, I mean, neither here nor there. It's, it's, uh, the last the last portion of the mailbag uh, comes from right. Skins, of course. This is always the fun part. Right. Uh, welcome to the mailbag, Mr. Royer. My main goal is to torment Aaron before killing him in unique ways. Also, I like to ask about <laughs> that's the thing that happens. Yeah. Um, also, I like to ask about food and TV shows that Chad has never watched. So, rapid fire: shrimp fried rice or chicken fried rice? I'm going chicken, chicken fried rice. Chicken. I'll go rice with shrimp. There we go. Of course you would. <laughs> uh, sake or Uzo? I say Sake. Sake. I had some crazy Sake bomb. Man, there's sake. nothing better than a good Sake buzz. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's so fun. It's such a weird buzz. It's so fun. Like, you're just like, wee. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's a great pregame than going to the bar afterwards. It's a, it's sausage a links long are, night. Sausage links or patties? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off topic and say chorizo. I'd go with patties. I like them. It makes better for a good little uh, bacon, uh, not bacon, sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. So pat sandwiches are always patties, 
But if I've got like some pancakes, give me links. Give me a link with that puppy for sure. Yeah. Because links <laughs> links with syrup are amazing. Sounds a little weird, Brent. I don't know. It's <laughs> a little weird. That's Brent for you. Uh, give finally, me a link with that puppy. Thank you. Appreciate you, Zach. Uh, Pete, great show as always. Just want to say my UC fan ego needs the Bearcats to kill Indiana in two weeks. I still feel bruised from the Arkansas tilt. Zach, let's hope I, Indiana beats Western Kentucky. Comes in unranked. To, maybe. <laughs> undefeated, I meant. <laughs> Lamb said throw some links in between the buns. Okay. Uh, Royer. <laughs> this team this, – Royer. This there, team will not forget that first half at Indiana, right? Like – yeah, you guys won that game comfortably, but like they'll remember oh. that first half. Yeah, we were kind of getting, we were doing, <laughs> we were getting uh, handed it to us a little bit, and we were also making some of the most unbelievably bonehead decisions as well. Yeah, probably, arguably one of the most <laughs> insane decisions ever is picking up that ball and palming it and running. Oh, that was <laughs> – I just remember, like, on the sideline, like, I, I've never seen so many coaches. Like Aaron makes better what? decisions uh, than that. Yeah, that's just, arguable. Like, I've never <laughs> seen, like, a collective coaching staff. I'll be like, what in the <laughs> – just, like, how the hell is, is this happening? No, but, yeah, they, they, like, a lot of things went our way. Like, that game, like, for us to come out of there with a win, like, you There's probably should have lost back. with the way you guys played. Oh, yeah. We should have lost. We There's should have. Still one last question here in the mailbag, finishing up Skin's post. Uh, finally, now that Ryan Royer is bringing in all the sweet social media money for the BCJ Network and Chad decides to remake the classic film Old School, who is playing what role and why is Aaron playing Blue? <laughs> <laughs> Not Blue. Blue. Blue's the guy that died, right? Super yeah. old. Yeah. You're my boy, blue. You're yeah, my boy, blue. Week, I think this week I'm blue, without question. <laughs> I like to think I'm a uh, what's Sean Michael? Sean Michael Scott? Is that his name? Uh, Stephen. You, you got a fucking dart in your neck. Dart in your neck, man. <laughs> I love you, but you're yes! crazy, yes! man. You're crazy, man. Yeah. Royer, who are you in old school? Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what movie aren't you Vince Vaughn in? Is what like swingers? I'm not Vince. I'm not Vin, I'd be Vince Vaughn in Wedding Crashers. I wouldn't be Vince yeah. Vaughn in Average Joe because I would never give up on my team like that. The there way we he go. went to okay, the. That's fair. <laughs> there we go. That's a good point. You're the Vince Vaughn of this podcast. I, I think like, Dave. That's... Dave's Will Ferrell, right? <laughs> yeah, Frank he's ah. really... I'll take Frank the Tank. <laughs> that movie's so funny. I need. To I, I can see Brenna's Frank the Tank too. Like that. That's I, that's not. It's not off. How many years did you spend in college? Five. Five. I think Dave was like six and a half. Well, then he's Van Wilder. He's smart. Yeah, Dave is Van, Dave is Van Wilder for sure. Who, Aaron, I thought you were kind of Luke Wilson a little bit, Mitch. I'm totally fine being Luke Wilson. Kind of like the the level headed guy that tries to like. Calm everyone down, like handsome oh, as fuck. Guys, we gotta get this thing out. <laughs> hey, Will's got some good some days. You're gonna have to break out. your nose three or four times to be a Wilson brother. Wrong, Wilson. No, Luke's. Uh, yeah, Luke's nose isn't broken like that. 
it's not great. It's 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 on the larger side of of nose. <laughs> I've got I've got a good nose. I don't need to break this nose. Right, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to be a Wilson brother, <laughs> we're going to have to fuck up your nose a little bit. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, that's that's the mailbag. All right, there you go, Royer. That's your first mailbag experience. Wow, it's a great great time. <laughs> 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 It's just a lot of stupidity. That's it's been do. an honor. I think my favorite part was the last part for sure. That's that's the uh, that's the that's why we do the last part. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's a potpourri of God knows what in that last portion. <laughs> Someone just skins, just throwing out oddball things that I think. Yeah. Usually, I'm like, I don't. I've never seen that. that movie or that TV show, man. I don't know. You actually knew that old school. Yeah, I've seen. Old Dude, old school was like. Gosh, I remember when that came out. I was in like seventh grade. And we we watched it. Parents probably didn't like us watching it, but man, it was hilarious. I love it. They don't make movies like that anymore. They don't. Comedy's hard, man. I think everyone gets canceled. Everyone's afraid. Yeah. Dude, so like the the crazy. We went to see Whitney Cummings on Thursday. You know Whitney Cummings. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Really funny. I swear, there were five times in her show where she's like looking at the crowd, like. Are you guys going to record this and cancel me, you stupid motherfuckers? <laughs> I uh, I went and saw Tom Segura and Tim oh, Dillon. I love Tom Segura. Tom Man, Segura was so funny. He had top his five bit. for me is Tom Segura right now. I love Dave Chappelle's my number one. I think Segura's my yeah. number two. But I'm a I mean, Segura. Oh yeah, the machine. Have you seen the machine? But you had to have seen oh, the yeah. machine. Yeah. So you know. I, this is my my one fun fact. You know, he's actually Van Wilder. Van Wilder was written about him. Are you serious? I, yeah, that is the life story of Bert the, Reicher. I hope they serve beer in hell, guy. Is that what it was? No, Van Wilder. Right, but, with, but with I thought Barry, there was like a book that. I hope you serve written. beer in hell. Was that had its own movie? Oh, yeah. is that separate thing? Yeah, yeah that's Max. Uh, no, something. Um, so I guess they're like Tucker uh, Max. They they when Florida like Bert Kreischer was in his like seventh year of Florida State, and Rolling Stone named Florida State the like the party school of the year. So this guy from Rolling Stone goes to Florida State to write the article about like who was the biggest partier at the party school of the year, and it was Bert Kreischer. <laughs> And after the story was written, um, was it? It was uh, Oliver Stone or Spielberg, one of the two. They bought the rights to the story and kind of owned the rights to Bert Kreischer's story, and they really? wrote Van Wilder off of him. That's awesome. yeah, yeah. That's there's I, a bunch. I, like I, if you go through Bert's, like if you go through the Bert cast, there's quite a few times he talks about it. Okay. He actually had a deal with Will Smith to do a sitcom about his life. And the Oliver Stone thing like kind of screwed it up and they couldn't get like the full rights to tell the story of his life. Of his own life. <laughs> yeah. So it ended up it uh, ended up going to production as Van Wilder and, and Ryan Reynolds became famous from playing Burt Kreischer. Wow. They look just alike yeah. too now. Yeah, I like. How could you not like? Uncanny, <laughs> uncanny. Yeah. Ch- Chad, any any recruiting updates here, or are we going to save that for? We grind it, baby. 
They're grinding. All right. Yeah, I was going to say. Pat and Max, Michael Copay now, the man. Copay, yeah. This is, is more basketball high? right now because 23 is almost done oh, for football. Sorry. Like, they were done, <laughs> they were done like three weeks before camp started. They never the stopped, class. though. No, 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 no. There's always stuff happening. But right now is basketball coaches were just allowed to go out on the road Friday. And Cincinnati's okay. in on, like, the number one recruit in the class, uh, another five-star potentially, um, oh, yeah. a couple more, like, high four-star, top 50, top 75 kids. And then in on what I think is the number one recruit in the 24 class and a bunch of dudes in that class that are, like, ridiculous. So um, I'm not ready to I, – I put a post up the other day on the basketball yeah. message board that kind of – details where I think things are at. Let's let things play out a little bit before we really address it in a, a free space. Yeah, I think the only thing that kind of got a little traction recently that is a little bit more publicly known is the whole in- Indiana backing off on Arrington page a little bit. No, Indiana's not backing off on Arrington not, page. Oh, they aren't? They're well, falling back to the pat. They're falling behind. Oh, like on Arston, Arnton Page. Right. It has nothing to do with backing off. Okay. Well, they but, still very like, much want Arnton Page. Not not in the want factor, but maybe the resources factor, if you know what I mean. Maybe the recruiting and well factor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know you're an IU guy. You're getting like Rabbies. <laughs> your info from Rabby. Getting, I'm getting the Rabbies over here, if you know what I mean. Well, no, my, uh, my, my buddy just literally spews everything about what comes off that. I, I just don't think they've done the best job recruiting it. Right, right. This makes so, sense. Right. Arnton Page, Ryan's a top 50 forward center. He's from Georgia, and his one of his best friends and teammates is the number one player in the country. So if Cincinnati can land Arnton Page, then they're in a pretty good spot with Isaiah Collier, who is his team. A little levy, a little leverage. Right. All right. Come on, Wes. Come on, Wes. Let's go. I I talked to Wes on Saturday. He wouldn't give me a lot of info, but he gave me a lot of smiles when I tried to ask him questions and he refused to answer. Take that for what it's worth. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Let it, let it be alert. On right. that note, that's an easy segue for you to get us out of here, Brent. Stay tuned into the BBP as it will be live and available for you to watch again if you want to see Ryan Royer join us for, for two hours plus and, and dive into the BBP mailbag like a doggone pro. Good job. <laughs> Feels good to be a part of the mailbag, man. What an Absolutely. honor. Absolutely. Hey, you went, you went this week. You, you pulled off what we talked about. You went from guest Full to blown. member of the team. Full blown. All right. Full blown Let's... member of the team. You're in. That's why you're number three, man. Family now. <laughs> That's there why we we'll be at Murphy's in a couple weeks. There we go. We're just, just slowly don't evolving. Eat, just don't Brian. eat a hot dog, man. Brian. Don't eat a hot be... dog. They've been they've been Brian, kind of me What? Drink his ass under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Oh, I will. Good I will. luck. Well, hey, me and you will get on their uh, their whiskey board just in one one night. All right, deal. 
lock it in. Right. Whiskey gets me a little crazy. I had to switch to vodka, but hey, if, if we want to do a whiskey night, we can do a whiskey night. We'll we'll do it. Well, it's a whiskey right. drink and I'm it's out. a vodka drink. And it's I'm a vodka out. Drink. <laughs> I'm I'm a dad now. <laughs> no, Aaron, you'll be there. Uh, Brett gets out of here. But uh, big big shout out, big thank you as always <laughs> to Danco Joe and, and Danco Transmissions. Uh, great seeing you on Saturday, Joe. We'll see you more throughout the year. Um, and then, of course, big shout-out, big thank you to Ryan Royer for joining us, as he will every Monday throughout the football season. And uh, aside from that, as always, from my good pals, good partners, PICs, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!